Welcome to Season 4 of the Social Pros Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Integrated PR Software from Cision, by the easy-to-use farm builder, FarmStack, by the influencer marketing platform, Tap Influence, and by the social marketing promotions and management tool, ShortStack. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined by my partner, Jeffrey K. Roars. Vice President of Hijinks for Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Mr. Roars. How are you today, my friend? I am doing well, but I have got uh, I've got an Xbox blister, Jay. You do my first. Did did you? Yes, we we, we procured an Xbox, and my son and I are uh, battling each other in Assassin's Creed Unity. Did and, he not uh, have a? I'm a did little he, bit did, addicted to it over the weekend? Did the young Master Roars not have an Xbox until now? Young Master Roars, uh, we had a Wii, and he also uh, likes the League of Legends on uh, on PC, but we did not have an Xbox, and uh, we did we discovered that my my son is a hoarder of allowance in one of the drawers of his dresser, and he had enough money to get an Xbox. He had been hoarding money and been so worried about what to spend it on, and uh, we finally finally convinced him. Dude, that's uh, the that, best hey, kid ever. Purchase, and he agreed. I know. I mean, if you're going to hoard something, it was completely strange. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to hoard something like, you know, money for an Xbox is better than used sporks from KFC or something, which you see on the Discovery Channel, what have you. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty Indeed. excited. And it's been, it's been quite an education because uh, I had, I have not had an Xbox or PlayStation. Wii was the, was the, the gaming system we had from 10 oh, yeah. years ago. And uh, it's very interesting to see the, uh, the mobile integration on it. There's a, there's an app. And you can, you know, it'll sync missions to that app. And uh, so it's been quite interesting to see the uh, the systems at work uh, as a user as opposed to somebody who's just, you know, watching others uh, playing game. Well, I think we talked about this at one point on the show. My son is a little older than your son. In fact, here we are, episode 152 of Social Pros. Uh, the first episode being recorded in the new Jay Bear Convince Convert Global Headquarters home office, uh, which used to be my my son's hockey shooting room, which is uh, much to his chagrin now an office, uh, and also the first podcast uh, since my daughter got a car. So uh, my life oh. is taking, taking a turn. Uh, I'm not sure if it's for the better or for the worse, but it's definitely a turn. But we talked about it at one point on the show uh, when my son got an Xbox, what what they do now. And this is something that like our generation, I, I just seriously can't really figure this out. So they have this party. I think it's called party chat or something like that, where they've got their headsets mm-hmm. on uh, and he's talking to his pals over Xbox Live. Right. Well, they're not even playing the same game. So he's playing a game, his other friends playing a different game, his other friends playing a different game, not even like all different, you know, versions of the same game, like a totally different game. Somebody's playing NBA 2K, somebody's playing Call of Duty, but they're still talking. They're still talking just like as if you and I were in a room having a conversation with us each playing our own video game. So talk about like full time partial attention, number one. Uh, And number two, this sort of like we're always talking, even though we're not present. It's just fascinating to me to see how this unfolds. Yeah, that's yeah that that kind of uh, 
uh, multi-game cross-talk, I, I can't fathom either. I think oh, uh, my head doesn't I don't work think like my that. son's graduated to it either. Um, I think he's pretty much just focused on whatever game is at hand, but I'll have to ask just wait. about that. Just wait. And my daughter... Yeah, it is. I was going to say my daughter's yeah, glad to get a car, but she doesn't really need a car because she talks to her friends via FaceTime a thousand times a day or texts. And she's like, yeah, I'm glad to have my license, but she's not that, that fired up about it. Not like we were. Yeah, we were talking about that that your daughter you, that your daughter didn't seem that keen to get a car. So I'm kind of surprised that none of her friends, a... none of them, none none of her friends. I mean, she got a car because mom is sick of driving everybody around more than anything else. And God bless her, mm-hmm. including where she drives well, them a lot is to the gym, which is why we have not why, but in my perfect segue <laughs> of the year. We have an incredible guest uh, on this week's show. I've actually been wanting to get Tony on the show for a while, and we finally uh, got it to work out. He is, ladies and gentlemen, the director of social media for the burgeoning empire at Lifetime Fitness, Mr. Tony Saussier. Tony, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Tony's actually doing uh, hammer curls on one hand and holding the microphone with the other. So if he sounds a little bit out of breath... That's why, because he's always has to be where it's part of the deal, right? You're always like on the treadmill or the stair climber or the rowing machine. Yeah. And in fact, I'm, I'm one of the few individuals in this company that is expected to do all of that. Um, and, and also have my mobile phone present the whole time because I, I'm, I'm not actually allowed to stop tweeting or posting or whatever thing I need to be doing, um, while working out. So you, you'll often see me buried in a phone any, anytime you walk by me in the club. I love it. So for folks who aren't familiar, maybe you could describe all the different tentacles of Lifetime. Uh, When I was doing research for the show, certainly I knew about the health clubs, but there's a lot of other things that you've got going on that I wasn't aware of. Maybe you could uh, describe the empire for our listeners. For sure, for sure. So we we, uh, currently operate 114 uh, health and fitness clubs across the United States and Canada. Um, We also uh, offer um, a full portfolio of athletic events. So that's everything from uh, 5Ks to um, 100-mile ultra marathons um, in several cities around the country. In fact, we just um, hosted our um, annual Miami Marathon uh, yesterday morning, uh, um, obviously in Miami, and that was a very exciting event for us. Um, In addition to that, we also offer a suite of um, different digital uh, online access only uh, products, again, tapping into um, your health and fitness aspirations, things that help you get, um, you know, your, your health goals underway, um, you know, planning tools, uh, workout videos, um, connecting you to personal trainers and registered dietitians, the kind of things that um, you would want to take most advantage of um, if perhaps you weren't near a, a lifetime uh, health club. The clubs that, that Lifetime runs are quite large, right? They, they are... Uh, you know, they have centers of gravity and, and it's the kind of place where, where people come uh, continuously and they see their friends and they're comfortable with the club and that's kind of their place, right? It's the, that's the, the place that they, that they hang out. Um, because of that, you actually have social presences at the club level, not just at the brand level, yes? 
Yeah, correct, correct. And that's uh, that's funny, Jay. I've never heard anybody describe um, our clubs as having their own center of gravity, but th- that's probably a very apt description. Um, you know, our, our clubs, you know, well, a typical um, gym might range from, you know, anywhere from uh, 10,000 to 20,000 square feet. You know, a lot of our clubs are upwards of 150,000 to 200,000 square feet. So just really, um, you know, large-scale um, uh, facilities. Um, and, and, and we do that not so we can pack it full of just exercise equipment, um, we really try to um, help our members uh, achieve a healthy way of life from all aspects. So I think of it more as sort of a holistic, healthy way of thinking. Um, so in addition to, obviously, we've got a health and fitness floor. We've got group fitness classes. Um, we've got um, personal training um, a- as an offering within Lifetime. We also have a life spots, which is a full-service, um, you know, massage and, uh, you know, um, a hair care type uh, spa. We also have uh, our own Life Cafe, which offers a full menu, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, everything in between. Um, we offer um, uh, kids uh, care. It's not child care, but it's, uh, it is a, an activity center for kids to come while you want to work out. So um, we try to shape, you know, the experience, the healthy way of life experience around uh, really having you spend the whole day there. I mean, if obviously if your schedule permits, but we want you to not feel like you have to rush off because you don't have all of these things, um, you know, right handy to you. You, you brought up the point about, you know, um, it, it also making a, a lot of sense for us to have local as a huge part of our social strategy. And um, uh, not long after I I came on, um, we started noticing that when we were using um, our club, we call them club Facebook pages, um, we have one dedicated to every one of our clubs. When we started using those, um, the conversation rate was so much higher than on our national pages. Um, and, you know, everybody kind of measure, measures that differently, but we, you know, keep it pretty simple, conversation rate being, you know, uh, number of engagements per thousand impressions. So um, we saw that just, you know, um, not skyrocket, but it was exponentially bigger when we were talking to the local pages. So it it dawned on us, you know, if we can figure out a way um, to help one of our team members, that's what we call every one of our our fellow um, colleagues and employees in the clubs, and we have 25,000 employees, if we can find a way to help one of our team members really be the social media champion within each one of our clubs, they are going to be much better served um, to deliver content that's relevant because they know their club. They know the market. They know the people there. They know the members. They talk to them day in and day out. Um, and, and they can do so so much better than we could. Now, here's the critical part. Um, those people are in our clubs um, that manage the club Facebook pages. They're group fitness instructors. They're personal trainers. Um, they're member service specialists. These people are not social media marketers, um, so they need every bit of support and encouragement that we can give them to make sure that they've got the right ideas, the right kind of content, um, and and frankly, that they're feeling celebrated um, for doing the, the amazing job that they do day in and day out and week in and week out um, because their focus needs to be on their primary gig. This is more of sort of a, a side job or a passion for them. But I tell you, we um, we couldn't do it without them. I mean, on a on a weekly basis, they generate anywhere between thirty five thousand and forty thousand pieces of original customized content. Um, you know, so wow. I, I think about the things we've been able to achieve in my yeah my my few years here, and um, that was a huge one. And we stumbled into it. We didn't know it was going to turn into that. It was just we kept feeding it, and we're like, hey, this is this is. I think this is going to be something. Well, because they weren't hired for that, how do you find them? Do you just sort of take volunteers or um, or, or do they you know, raise their you know, hand? Or? 
It's it's a little bit of a little bit of both. So we we primarily um, will reach out to the general manager. Um, you know when an opening comes available. There currently we currently we have no openings, which is great. We have every one of the spots filled. But every once in a while, someone will um, you know move on or um, you know maybe shift to a different role, and they they don't really have the time to put into it. So we'll we'll connect the general manager and say, look, we need to find somebody in your team who's got a passion um, for Facebook. You know, and that's I should mention when I say club Facebook pages. Um, we chose Facebook because it had the most robust offering in terms of uh, being able to host video and photo, uh, being able to um, show nested comments, which is huge in terms of educating not only the person who's asking a question, the member who's asking a question, but also other members who may have the same questions. Um, so anyway, we, we, we talked to the general manager and we said, look, who there has got a passion for Facebook, you know, is, is on their smartphones and seems really adept at it. Um, and we go on their recommendations and I tell you other times we get um, emails straight out from team members who are like, hey, I heard you guys are the team. I want in on this. Where, where do I sign up? You know, and then we just do our best to, uh, to accommodate it. So Facebook is the only channel then that you've got a fully local architecture Yes, yes. I mean, we had, I mean, here's the thing. We had it on Foursquare, but of course, when they introduced the Swarm app, um, you know, it, it yeah, basically so it turned all of the, yeah. the, the check-in structure upside down. I mean, you guys know. Um, so we, we haven't really sort of put a lot of um, shoulder into that um, platform because we're like, well, if they change it again, I mean, we're, what's, I mean, where are we going to be then, you yeah. know? Can't keep starting yeah, at, at this point, it really is. Yeah, it's just it really is just Facebook, and and of course on the national level we're you know everywhere you expect us to be. Um, we're Lifetime, the healthy way of life company again because I talked about all those as you use the word tentacles. We've got all those different um, divisions, um, but we have um, adopted because it's how the most people know us um, forward slash Lifetime Fitness. So if you go into any of the major platforms and just punch in forward slash um, Lifetime Fitness, that's where we're at. All the content that your local social media folks at the club level are creating, is that getting syndicated up to national so you can find, hey, here's an amazing photo that, that Julie in Houston uh, took. We should put that on the national page. And or does it work the other way around? Are you taking uh, pieces of content that are sort of brand pillar and syndicating that down from the mothership to the individual Facebook pages? Yeah, so those are those are great questions, and 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 frankly, part of the the parts that I'm really geeked about with this whole program, um, it, you know, from a from a um, a national level down to the local level, um, we'll act, absolutely serve up things that we know are resonating that are doing well from an engagement standpoint. Um, part of what we do though is is we put, place a lot of trust in that that team member on the ground to make the decisions, to give them the autonomy, basically editorial control. Um, so if they um, decide, well, I appreciate that you guys at corporate came up with that, but really the members want to know about squash this week, or they really want to know about kids' activities. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on talking about that group fitness thing. Um, and we respect that. You know, we have to because they're the ones who know their member base. So we always offer it up from a national level down to the local level if we see somebody's, something's really getting traction. Um, but, but we have to trust and respect our, uh, our team members and give them that autonomy to, you know, to make the final call. Um, Coming from the local side back up to national, though, that man, that that part is so fantastic. I might just tell a little story real quick. Um, we've got uh, the ability, obviously, to 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 see how all of our pages are performing, um, you know, through Facebook Insights. But we actually have everybody plugged in through um, uh, a larger SMMS um, spread fast. And I don't, uh, think probably some of your other um, guests have have a similar platform in place. Um, and one of the things we kind of treat that is is 
is 114 different, you know, what I call them, I refer to them as petri dishes. So you can kind of look at them all like science experiments to understand what things are growing, what things are doing really well. And if something does bubble up, hey, we can jump on that and share that nationally. Now we have to, have to turn the content just a little bit typically, um, but it usually yields some of our most engaging content on the national page. And I'll give you an example um, that just went off the charts. We had a, uh, a member here actually in um, – Right here in Plymouth, uh, Minnesota. So we're we're based just outside of um, uh, the Twin Cities in Minneapolis, but we have um, clubs all over the country. Um, and and our member who was in his 80s, I think he was 86, 87, um, is on his bucket list to go down a water slide. Um, and if you've never been into one of our, our pool areas, we do have a you know fairly robust um, you know sort of fun activity centers that relates to pools. We have water slides in many of our clubs. Um, and so our team members there were like, well, yeah, let's let's help make this happen. So. Um, they kind of shut down part of the pool for for a few minutes, and they uh, they walked him up there to the top and um, took pictures, and then they helped him go down, and they took pictures down at the bottom, and I mean he was just grinning ear to ear uh, the whole time. And after he got wrapped, and they got done, and um, um, you know our Facebook page manager happened to be you know by the side of the pool taking pictures. She said, "Can I share this on Facebook?" And um, and he was like, "Yeah, go right ahead." Um, and it was one of the most engaging posts out of you know for the whole quarter that 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 specific club page had. I think it was uh, well over a year ago now, but it's like probably Q3 of 2013. Anyway, so we're just sitting there watching the, the cues come in uh, one afternoon, and we see this thing pop. We're like, holy heck, what is that? Um, and and obviously, we started watching, and we ended up sharing it on our national page. Um, and it did 10 or 15x, I can't remember, but you know, 10 or 15 times the number, the, the total engagement we typically see on a post. And and that's all generated by the fact that this is a real person. It's a real right. member who's experiencing real things, and uh, and and that stuff that stuff's gold. I mean, Jay, I I can't tell you how many times that I come into work and I get to read a tweet or I get to read a post about a member who had been down on their luck for whatever reason, and they got in the club and they made the commitment and said, you know what, I'm not going to work work out just for this sake of getting in shape, but I'm going to work out because I believe that I know my life can be better. Um, and gosh, I, I'd be lying if I said that kind of stuff doesn't give me chills. I mean, sincerely and honestly, I feel like, oh my gosh, I mean, we're we're doing amazing work here, you know, and, and so um, and working in social, it's kind of like being the magnifying glass on, on everything. So there's there's lots of days that, you know, we're, we're getting a little misty-eyed, I won't lie to you, you know, there's, <laughs> That's there's pretty amazing stories that we get to see. If, yeah. uh, for those of you who are uh, consistent listeners of the show, uh, it reminds me a lot of what we talked about in episode 148 with Adam Buchanan from Cabela's and some of their amazing social content and victories, which were just the same thing, just kind of random things taken in the field uh, by by store personnel that that end up being home runs. And, you know, sometimes I think all of us spend too much time trying to craft the perfect image or whatever using Canva or what have you. And those tools are great. We've had them on the show as well. But sometimes uh, the victory really come in, a, in the organic, unplanned way. One thing I wanted to ask you, Tony, is, is you were talking about um, the, the club level uh, Facebook page managers say, no, the members really want to hear more about this. And it sounds to me that you treat the local Facebook pages almost like an email newsletter. Here's what the people who are members of this club want to hear. Let's chronicle their stories and what's going on with them, as opposed to how I think, frankly, most people would think about it, which is, hey, here's a local way to go get new members. And and, and it's probably very uh, applicable and appropriate for for Jeff to follow up on since um, uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud and, and uh, ExactTarget are such uh, uh, email devotees. 
Yeah, yeah, and that that's a great point. I think um we um you know this this kind of kind of points back to you know what's our overall strategy and what's what's really the goal of us participating here. I think early on we were um very much focused on the idea of how do we drive you know bottom line revenue I mean how do we make social uh, a viable channel by which to help contribute to the bottom line um, and there are lots of lots of different things we tested I mean the first year I was here we must have tested you know probably four or five different do- dozen different approaches um, and I'll be honest the majority of them crashed and burned um, and, and and I think in large part we're you know my team is not really set up to do a member to be be a member acquisition to be a new member um, or referral or lead generation tool. I know, you know, obviously word of mouth is huge in social, but I don't see, given the track record and the, the understanding I do now of this company, I don't see a huge opportunity um, for us um, to help manufacture that. It will happen on its own, and, and we're, we're grateful for it. We, we love and appreciate when our members have great things to say about us. Um, but, but I think ultimately we um, find our best uh, purpose or our most um, or our most important purpose is to continue reminding members of all the great things that come with their memberships um, and and help keep keep them coming back keep them coming in the door um, to experience that I mean obviously we want our members to use our clubs so we want them to, to make sure they get in there and they um, they experience all those different um, areas um, you know we, we, we talk about um, having um, you know more than 20 different areas of interest um, or areas of passion in other words you may um, say to yourself, I want to get in shape and I want to lose weight, um, but you may really love basketball. You know, if you go to another gym, they may say, well, you know, we want you, if you want to lose weight, you need to hit this machine, you need to do these sit-ups and this kind of thing and, and so on. If you come to us and say, hey, I want to lose weight, but I love basketball, well, great. We're going to help you take that area of passion, that area of interest, um, and make that be the genesis, make that be the, you know, the machine or the vehicle to get you to that health and fitness objective that you're charging after. So, uh, you know, as it relates to how we use the the local pages, yeah, it it really is more of a how do you, how do you build a community um, for the existing members? I think the local pages really do um, serve to um, feed the interests and and and, uh, and help drive the community and the conversations around local members um, because it is it is so important for us that our, our members get out and use the clubs. Hey, Tony, this is Jeff. Um, I know a lot of uh, our our social uh, pro listeners um, are often, you know, called to the mat to make sure that they uh, prove the value of their social media activities, be it on a quarterly or an annually annual basis. Um, how do you communicate that upward to leadership within your own organization? You've got a lot of great anecdotal stories, but how do you bundle those and make sure that uh, they're aware, you know, of a the constant drumbeat and then also the value you're adding. You know, both just from a brand standpoint and a bottom line. Sure, sure, and you know, I, I think from uh, the uh, when I first started here, you know, I, I had come from about 10, eight, 10 years um, agency side, so working corporate was a was a brand new um, uh, thing for me. So my first reaction was, well, we need to measure everything. You know, we need to report on as many different numbers because I don't know what people are going to be interested in. Um, you know, and I, I don't know which one they're going to be, you know, cautiously eyeing or, you know, to see if we actually are delivering against, you know, the investment of our team or the resources and the time. Um, but but over time, I, I um, got to learn that, you know, this this company obviously puts a lot of trust in my, in my team to um, help discern what are the things that we should focus on. 
Um, and, and so, you know, we went from, say, having a dashboard with probably 25 different metrics to having, um, you know, this pasture, we had a, a dashboard with like six metrics. Um, and, and they were very specifically, you know, um, you know in, in general, we're talking um, any type of engagement, so any action you can take in a social news feed that's going to, you know, help, um, help create some sort of word of mouth effect. Uh, we had general impressions. We had, you know, clicks to content. Um, we had um, clicks to our athletic events uh, registrations. Um, I'm probably forgetting when. Oh, uh, we had uh, total comments serviced. Um, so, in other words, the comments that we received through social channels, mostly through Twitter, um, but oftentimes, you know, those will come in through Yelp or those come in through Facebook. Um, you know, uh, trying to report. Um, month over month, um, year over year, um, and then year to date, that sort of thing on, on those numbers. And, you know, we did go about assigning a very rough value to it. Um, you know, I, I've had so many conversations uh, over the years, certainly when I was agency side about, oh, what's, what's the value of a page like? What's the value of this? What's, and, you know, so much of that stuff is just, um, it, it's, it's all dependent on, on, uh, on what your company's values are, you know, where you guys are already putting, um, you know, uh, uh, assessing value or attribution. And, and I and I think I kind of just you know tried to decomplicate that and say, all right, um, well let's figure out we can pay roughly for for clicks. And if we're generating it organically, well then you just multiply one by the other, and now you know what the value of all those organic clicks are. Um, same thing with impressions. So you know, and 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 as I sort of tried to roll that out, I I think that sort of lowest path of resistance was it really resonated with a lot of the, you know, the executives and the management here. So I try to maintain that. In fact, going to 2015, we've actually tried to, to, to blow that up even more. Um, you know, we, we, I can talk more about this later, but you know, the, the basic gist is that we want to try and drive um, three things um, in terms of our, our dashboard this year. It's, it's, um, you know, native sharing. So in other words, um, not people, you know, liking, commenting, that sort of thing, but actually picking our content up and dumping it into their new, own newsfeed proactively. That's the mm -hmm. biggest one. Um, the second one is um, uh, signups or commitments. Um, we use that term loosely. You hear me talk about commitment, but the idea being is we want to get people to hand raise to say, I want to do something. I, I want to do this. I want to consume the content you're sharing. Like say, if we, if we pointed to an ebook, you know, about, uh, you know, these, these different um, nutritional tips, if you went and downloaded that, we might count that as a commitment. Not quite the same as showing up as one of our events, but you know, still equally important. Um, and so the third level then is that we've got, um, members who feel like their comments have been addressed and, um, um, and, and delivered again. So if they come up and they say, um, you know, hey, I had a terrible experience at one of your clubs, which, you know, for whatever reason does happen once in a while, we want to make sure we're reaching out to them directly and making them whole, doing whatever we can to make sure that they are getting that superior experience. Or on the other hand, if they say, man, I just went to core class and got my butt kicked. Um, you know, we're reaching out there and celebrating them, sending them digital high fives and saying, you know what, we're so glad you made it out today. We're so glad that you chose this instead of whatever else you could be doing. And that's awesome. And we're super proud of you. And I, I can't tell you how many times we do that and people light up because they're like, wow, life, Lifetime's listening to me. That's fantastic. Well, that, that, that kind of dovetails into a question I have about how technology is impacting what you'll be doing in the future uh, around wearables. Uh, you know, with wearables uh, certainly taking hold in the fitness space, um, has that yet impacted your social media strategy or crossed paths as, you know, users can communicate more data about their workouts? Or do you see something on the horizon that really excites you? 
Yeah. Um, so, so here's where I'm a little, a little um, uh, hand-tied. The, uh, the things that are out on the horizon that, that are really exciting me, they're, they're probably what I would categorize under new developments that, you know, Lifetime's got in the works, which I can't actually talk about, but I'll, I'll speak more generally. Um, you know, I, I think the uh, the massive in, influx of you know QS, the quantified self, the ability for people to capture any number of data points coming in and out of their own own body um, is is fascinating. And I and I think people who um, take that extra step, whether they outwardly ask for it or not, um, are in, in a lot of cases looking for validation. So I think. Um, not to say, hey, you're the perfect waiter, hey, you're doing the perfect workout, but just to say, hey, that's awesome, congrats on sharing that. I mean, like, you must be so proud you ran five and a half miles. I mean, I was on my fitness pal um, this past summer, and I, you know, every every time that I, you know, broke a new mile threshold, um, you better believe I was sharing it out to my, my personal feeds. Um, I mean, that's that's just something that is a motivator as much as um, as much as it is um, data points for me to own internally. The ability for others to see what I'm doing and, and to you know to also to laud those efforts. Um, I, I don't know that I'd, I'd call it you know sort of crowdsourcing motivation, but in a lot of ways that's what it is. Um, so I, so I think in terms of wearables, I wouldn't say that we have a specific strategy to say you know what we're going to figure out how to integrate with this specific you know the new you know. You know, Apple Watch, or we're going to have to figure out how to, uh, how to uh, um, incorporate something in this new, um, you know, heart rate monitor. But I, I do think that we, from a from a sort of a uh, philosophy standpoint, how we activate in the space um, is is going to be more um, collaborative with people own data um, in 2015. I don't know that I would, I would say that this is the year it's going to be that we're going to start to see saturation. And I work for a health and fitness company, which is probably an interesting thing for me to say. I don't know that I think it's, it's quite a critical mass this year, but I think we'll be well on our way by, you know, the end of the next 12 months. It's, it's just remarkable how fast that's all come together in the big scheme of things. Um, the, the quantified self is, uh, it, there's really no limit to it. I mean, once, once that, once we get the rock to the top of the hill and we're almost there, uh, we, we're going to look back three years from now and just be absolutely staggered at what we find. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I, and I think about how, um, you know, that, that sort of data can help, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very, Selfishly, I'm always thinking, well, how do we create a better experience for our members? Um, you know, the, the amount of data that we have, um, you know, within our team members even, you know, talk, talk about our personal trainers, the amount of data that they understand, the amount of different data points that they themselves um, emulate and create on a daily basis. I mean, the ability even just to magnify something like that so that um, our members could have a reference point point. say, oh, this is, okay, this is where that trainer is, is, is performing. This is where his heart rate zones are. This is how his metabolism is, is figuring into this. Um, even if they don't take the extra step to say, get their own metabolic assessment, they're understanding that, oh, I see how these things work together. Um, and, and ultimately, we, you know, everything that we do, um, you know, moving forward is, is going to be really closely tied to how we, how we share that health and fitness expertise, because we don't, we don't need to you know, we don't need to keep close guard of it. Um, the more that we're able to share that and show people that there is a science to this, um, the, the more that our members respond and, uh, and they become even more engaged in social. That is a fantastic segue uh, for what I wanted to tell you about one of our partners, one of the sponsors of the show, uh, which is our friends at Formstack. Formstack has a brand new infographic. They just released it. First time we've talked about it here on the show, uh, all about why personalized marketing 
will dominate in 2015. Exactly what we're talking about here with Tony from Lifetime Fitness. This newest infographic features five predictions uh, that marketers really need to be on top of to be ahead of the curve in 2015. The secret is personalized marketing. Check out this infographic for tips on how to get started. It's from our friends at Formstack. And the address for the infographic is bit.ly slash personalized marketing. That's bit.ly slash personalized marketing. And of course, the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, uh, which has the newly released State of Marketing Leadership Report, where Salesforce partnered with LinkedIn to survey almost 5,000 marketing executives to figure out what's on their mind. Starting to see a lot of blog posts written about this report, sort of the ripple effect, people saying, what does all this mean? and, And what are people really paying attention to? in marketing this year and beyond. Terrific research. Grab it if you haven't yet. It's at bit.ly slash marketing leadership. That's bit.ly slash marketing leadership, all lowercase. So Tony, uh, one of the things we've been asking our guests this year is to write a little bit of their background, your origin story, if you will, uh, to understand how you got from perhaps where you were thinking you would be when you were in school to where you are now professionally. So what are some of the the key steps that led you to where you are today with Lifetime Fitness. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I uh, I, I will um you know go speak to a group of students or something and ask that question, and I always kind of <laughs> I always kind of feel like such a slut because I'm like I don't. I mean, I kind of get how I got here, but I'm not sure I do. You know, it's um it is a case of uh, I'm from New England originally, so I'm from uh, Central Maine. And uh, and I started out as a daily newspaper reporter, um, and uh, I so I was out you know covering um, everything from town council meetings to you know cars catching fire to you know the secretary of state visiting some naval base, you know all, all sorts of random things, um, you know just uh, doing doing a lot of um, you know very typical journalism uh, as it relates to a, a smaller town uh, newspaper. Um, so when I moved out to, to Minneapolis, I was under the impression I was going to keep going with journalism, but um, I quickly got into um, a PR slash advertising gig at a, at a local agency, frankly, because that's where, you know, there was a job opening there. And I was like, you know, I think I can probably do this. Um, and, and really had kind of sort of wended my way through, through the PR side of things. And I, I find that the more and more I talk to, you know, individuals that are, um, you know, sort of lead, heading up social at companies, a lot of them do have a PR background, which I think is, is, uh, is pretty instrumental. Um, you know, so I was at, uh, I was at Weber Shanwick, you know, Back in oh uh, seven oh eight, and I had a good friend of mine now who actually heads up you know their digital stuff over there uh, locally. Um, Came to my office and he was like, "Man, you got You got to get on this Twitter thing." And I'm like, "On what? 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 Are you, what is it?" And I and I thought for sure it was some sort of practical joke, which this guy was known for um, quite well. And and so he wouldn't let me wouldn't let wouldn't let me off the hook. And uh, and I got onto it and I ignored it for a while. But then um, uh, after a couple of months, I think I picked it back up and I'm like, "Wow, there's there's something here." So, you know, I. I I think I, um, you know, uh, found a way um, in my next agency that, you know, that I was working, again, on the PR side, but I said, you know, I think there is some revenue to be made in terms of how we help our our clients at the time um, understand social media monitoring. So the big chunk of what I was doing my you know, first year, I would say that I really got geeked into it, um, was, you know, doing a lot of monitoring reports. Now we get to the other end of that and you have a bunch of data and they'd be like, great, what do we do with it? And I was like, well, I don't really know. Um, you know, so just, just being honest here, I mean, there was, there was a, still a lot that I had to learn about it. And then um, recently, uh, you know, the, the last agency I was at before, um, 
coming to Lifetime, uh, Olson, which is a, a shop that's got actually now offices all over the world. Um, they had done all sorts of different um, integrated or holistic marketing, um, you know, whether it was digital or, um, you know, uh, paid media or, you know, creative or brand work or design or any of that sort of stuff. Um, and so I, again, it was another opportunity where I said, in, you know, you guys have a lot of people who are doing social, but I think there's going to be an opportunity when clients come in the door in the next couple of years and they say, we want to know who's who's running social or who's who's your expert, who's the person that we can talk to about this. And so, you know, rightly or wrongly, I probably didn't have the, um, you know, the background for it, but I said, yeah, I think that should be me. Um, and and so, um, you know, that, that was uh, part of the gig and that was Baptism by Fire. I got to work with a lot of great brands um, at that company. I worked with uh, Capital One, worked with um, Luxottica, which is the parent company of LensCrafters. I don't mean to name drop, I'm just trying to throw ideas out there. Um, did some work with, you know, the PepsiCo family of brands. Um, and, and that was really where um, I got to gain a really um, stellar appreciation for strategy and how, you know, thoughtful and, and deliberate approaches, you know, using um, fact-based insights needs to guide what you do. Um, and if anything, I think um, my approach to show social since that time has got um, less and less complicated, you know, where it was previously well, we need to have all these different um, strategic documents outlining how we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Now it's more of a case of, well, we need to, we need to base our decisions on, on data. There needs to be some insights there, but, you know, we just need to try some stuff. And if it doesn't work, then well, great. Now we've got another data point to understand this did or didn't resonate with our audience, with our members. Um, and, and so that's how, uh, how we drive a, a lot of the program development that we do today. And um, really, I, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point now where I'm just so, so fortunate to be surrounded by so many smart people. Um, my, my experience at, at Lifetime is very atypical. I have... Um, you know, I would say to other folks in the agency, where there's, you know, you have a big company with maybe one or two people working in social. We have uh, a team of five who are dedicated. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with our, our folks managing the club Facebook pages, we like to think of them as our sort of, you know, our our, uh, our uh, extended team, our extended family. So there's 114 of them. So, you know, I, I could feasibly make the case that we've got 120 people working in social, which is just, it's such an exciting feeling. Tony, I want to ask you the two big questions here to wrap up the show that we ask every guest on the Social Pros podcast. Are you ready? Yes. The first question is, what one thing, what one piece of advice would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? You know, I would have to say... Um it's got less to do with the mediums. Sure, you need to be out there, um, and you, and you need to be um, un understanding. You know what what new platforms are coming out and what new exciting things uh, they're writing about on TechCrunch and Mashable. Um, but I think the most effective way to you know accelerating the the growth of your career in social um, is to try some stuff. Keep keep you know um, come up with good ideas that are based on uh, on on insights that are uh, you know shaped out of data points, but don't overcomplicate it. Come up with ideas, try them out. And the ones that work, you know, work on telling those stories to others. Work to build consensus with other folks, folks in your organization. It doesn't matter how small the organization is, but part of becoming, um, you know, a, a really 
successful practitioner in my mind is learning how to merchandise because not everybody understands it like you will. Um, so, so that that would probably be the most important thing that I that I can think of, and it has been in my experience. Um, try a bunch of stuff. Don't worry about the things that fail, but the ones that take off. Make sure that you are doing your due diligence to explain the benefits of of why those worked and and what those positive results mean uh, to your team and uh, to your leadership. Yeah, that's that's incredibly well said, and I think you're absolutely right. It's something that gets overlooked uh, on the corporate side quite often. And the last question for the Director of Social Media for Lifetime, Mr. Tony Saucier, is if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be and why? Oh, yeah. Geez, here's the thing. I've been thinking about this one. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think probably I'm going to come up with a, a, a pretty, uh, you know, uh, sanitized answer, or I guess probably the best way to say it is like maybe may unexciting, but you know, I, I think of um, actors. I love I love movies. I love television, and I think of some of the great actors that um, um, I've I've admired. You know, either their work or the stuff they do, and I and I'd say it was uh, it's it's probably Robert Redford. I think that dude is just fantastic. Um, and frankly, having a conversation with him, I mean, like I was a huge fan of all the presidents, Ben. So I mean, like having a conversation with him, I'm not even, not even sure I could form words, but I would sure as heck stare at the screen and listen to whatever he wanted to say to me. Nice. I think that's the first Robert Redford uh, name drop we've had on the 152 episode history of the show. So that is an this excellent, me. excellent this... answer. I don't think Jeff, do you remember Robert I, Redford I, I... answer? Uh, I do not. I think that is a first. We keep saying that we need to have the database of how that question has been answered. We actually do have yes. it somewhere, but I don't have it on top. I don't have it like up when I'm doing the show. So I need to talk to the uh, talk to the executive producers of the show and say, let's make sure I have the database handy uh, so that we can refer back because we can never remember. But I think that's the first one. Gotcha. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad to stand uh, by myself on that one. I think I think he's uh, pretty amazing. Well, you are amazing as well, and we love what you're doing at Lifetime, Tony. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights and your expertise and your journey with us and the Social Pros listenership. I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this episode. We'd really appreciate it. What's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, um, you can, as, as I mentioned, any of our um, uh, any of the major social channels, just hit forward slash Lifetime Fitness. Um, you can find all sorts of stuff we're at. Um, or you can find me uh, personally on Twitter, just at T-Sauce, T-S-A-U-C-E. That's a heck of a handle. That's fantastic. I wish my handle was T-Sauce. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to auction that off to listeners at some point. It's genius. Let's see what, see what I can do. Awesome. Tony, I look forward to your first single to drop, T-Sauce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that, you've got to be making some sort of electronic music or something, right? T-Sauce in the spinning class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In fact, I, uh, I'm uh, I'm actually in a spinning class right now. You guys probably didn't uh, didn't hear it. I'm really quiet when I yeah. uh, when I spin, but I've been here for about the last 20 minutes. It's incredible stamina. He's never out of breath, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tony from Lifetime Fitness. Thanks as <laughs> always. Thanks for everybody listening to the show. Uh, we love each and every one of you. If you haven't uh, left us a review on iTunes, we would certainly like for you to do that. That would be keen. And you can find this show and all kinds of other shows, including our sister podcast, Content Pros, at Marketing podcast.com the first and only search engine for marketing podcasts check out that site as well if you haven't uh, for jeff roars i am jay bear from convince to convert thanks everybody for listening this has been social pros
Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Chartstack, Tap Influence, Farmstack, and Cision, and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Thank you.